0: is as always it's Noor. happy monday it's uh me and my brother raheel hello raheel hello why why the delay why the delay why can't you just immediately say yes hello say I was we're in the mute. same room
1: i was on mute because i was sipping my coffee
0: i and mean I is really it a it. is it a slurp or a sip
1: it's a sip um but
0: it's a sip <laughs>
1: One of the things that I've been noticing on, when I uh, listen to mm-hmm. myself in these things uh-huh. is uh, uh-huh. I breathe really heavily. <laughs> I've been, I've been picking that up. So when like I'm Tony not Soprano. speaking, like Tony Soprano. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I feel bad about that. And then there's a lot of also like a lot of background noise because I keep shuffling around in my chair. <laughs> so, I feel really bad about that, so I'm just going to mute myself.
0: Really bad. You know what? I'm going to get you for Christmas a new microphone. That's great. Oh, wait. No, you weren't even <laughs> muted that time. I saw you. I, I saw it. Listen, um, how are you doing? Did you watch the World Cups yesterday?
1: Did the I Cups watch the
0: World Cups? of the World?
1: World, World? I did watch the World Cups. Did you watch the World Cups?
0: I would cut a little bit here and there. Um, at some point, my husband actually left the house with the kids he took them to the park i was like you're not oh, okay. going to stay I and thought, watch the whole." <laughs> he left i thought he was leaving this marriage <laughs> he left the marriage with the two kids no he left i was like we're watching and i think it got to like maybe like 55 minutes or 60 minutes or something and he was like all right i'm going to take the kids to the park i was like you're not going to watch the rest of the cups And he was like, no, uh, football is going to be on at one, and I don't want to run into a situation where the kids are wanting me to take them to the park while football is on, because I care more about football than the Cups. I was like, okay. I think it sounds like
1: he cares more about football than the kids.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, duh. (laughs) (laughs) That's 100%. 100%. But um, in the hierarchy of things, I think it's uh, football, kids, World Cup. Mm -hmm. I think that's reasonable. That's fair.
1: That's fair. And plus, I think, you know, if he left at 55 minutes, uh, he left because at that point, the match was uh, seemed like it was over. Yeah, Um, it was one of it's probably like the greatest soccer match of all time. Wow.
0: I don't know. I feel like people just say these things. I feel like people say these things and you can't refute it. You could just go, all right. Like, who am I? Who am I to say No.
1: Well, so it's first of all, our brother was there. He was there. Okay, the
0: we've mentioned this before. And at this point, it seems more like we are bragging than really we're bragging.
1: <laughs> no, I was gonna I was gonna ask you if you were jealous if you were if you're happy for him or if you're jealous that he got to do this.
0: I'm not gonna lie. I was not watching.
1: Oh okay. So, I watched. Yeah, so- I
0: watched a two zero, and then i I went and I don't know, like loaded a bunch of laundry or something. Came back and I was like two two, and then yeah. and then that then I saw that it was uh, regulation time was two two, and then it was went into penalty kicks, and and uh, and then I was like, all right, well I'll find out when I find out, I guess, and no. then that was it. And then I you missed it. Yeah, I was I was catching up on the Sopranos. <laughs> A show burned twenty years ago.
1: I can't even complain about that. but no, it can't. was. Yeah. It was it was probably the greatest. It was probably the greatest World Cup final. Uh well, it's definitely the greatest World Cup final. Probably one of the greatest matches of all time. It was pretty hyped um because of the storylines coming to the World Cup and mm-hmm. our brother got to watch it in person and um Yeah,
0: it was very exciting. It. Like we know somebody who got to take their kid there and he's like the biggest Messi fan. I remember when uh, that couple that we know who is there right now with their uh, nine-year-old kid, who's like a soccer prodigy. But when when I remember when she was pregnant with him, her baby shower was even soccer uh, themed. And I remember that uh, it was because he used to kick so much in her belly and she's, they used to call him baby Messi. And now that's really cool because he's like the biggest Messi fan. And then he got to go watch like Messi's last ever game like that. That to me, I was more excited for that nine year old boy that we know than like our brother. I don't care about like, okay, you you did that. But I thought it was really cool that like a little kid got to see his most favorite player play this like amazing game. And like
1: that's his last
0: game ever. You know, that's pretty cool. Sports, huh? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't like how dismissive you are about the greatness of what happened. Just eh.
0: You know, here's the thing that I don't care about, about men. Is that like, like emotions are often frowned upon, right? But when it comes to emotions with sports, everybody's like, yeah. oh my God, that's amazing. But to me, emotions with sports is the most ridiculous.
1: Oh you are so wrong about this
0: I mean it's one thing when it's like emotions with sports when you are the one sportsing but you are if you are just viewing the sport and then you're getting all emotional about it I'm like go to therapy
1: incorrect you are no, that is not incorrect, incorrect take.
0: no all, that is my first of all that's my opinion
1: first of all yeah first of all your opinion is trash oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think several people will agree with me about this
1: yeah several people will also have trash opinions in that wow. in that scenario sports wow. is easily easily the best form of entertainment like i can objectively make a case why sports is the best form of entertainment yes
0: i i'm fine with that i'm not disputing that sports is not that that sports is like a great form of entertainment i agree i'm just talking about toxic masculinity and how we look down upon men having emotions toxic and then when it comes to sports it's like What's- that's where all the emotions come out like oh you're not going to cry when your baby's born but you are going to cry because the eagles went oh this got too real
1: <laughs> yeah it seems like a, a very pointed example that you just uh,
0: <laughs> personal attack on somebody i know
1: yeah i don't know it's I, just you, ridiculous. The- there's a reason why i mean we all have our theories why we get so emotionally attached to whatever i'm sure you don't want to hear my stupid reason that i think that why it matters as much as it does but no i'd like to hear and why do really you bad. get
0: so emotionally attached to watching <laughs> sportsmen sports
1: um so i get emotionally attached to a team right mm-hmm. um and then it's like why do i care about a team i'm not if anything, the team is making money off of me. It's not like I get anything out of the yeah, team success. You're
0: just a sheep. Right?
1: I'm just a sheep. Um, I think what it has to do with is, um, I don't know. I think it has something to do with our caveman brains or cave mm. brains, mm-hmm. cave people brains. Um, I think uh, we have a very like violent uh, history as a species, right? Like I think professional supports. So, supports those professionals (laughs) professionals and that's the supports um i think they've only been around for like really like uh like the last hundred years right Uh before that there was i mean i think or if they were
0: around it was like regional like you you didn't have the ability to broadcast any of it
1: yeah exactly you would just kind of root for your team or whatever i think before that um you know what would happen is uh We would live in, like, these different areas, and then one area would come, and it would sack the other area, and it would steal all the resources from that area, and just take over, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so there's, like, anxiety about that, because it's life or death. That's what Mm. you feel about it. So, like, if I'm I'm a Jets fan, right, and fucking General Tom Brady is coming down two times (laughs) a year and beating the shit out of my team, I think what you're tapping into there is like that anxiety of like a warring clan coming down and like killing you. (laughs) And like all of your kids now are going to be Brady's and like (laughs) all of your family are going to be Brady's and you're dead. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. That's the reason why like a loss hurts so much. Like a loss hurts way more than a win is pleasurable because I think you're like, Tapping into that anxiety, like some of these losses, I feel like, I don't know, like, I lost a family member or something like that. Not like a, not like, not like an immediate family member, but like, you know, first, second cousin, some of those losses still hurt. So
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I think that there's like a there's like this caveman territorial, like instinct that comes out, oh, yeah. I guess,
1: for you guys.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think I have that for anything.
1: I, I, and by the way, you shouldn't say you guys. Okay, for everybody. People. Everybody that's a sports fan. Folks. <laughs> is
0: that how, how do you not like sometimes? Sports? I know I'm not first of all, I can say you guys because you guys is number 1 the like jersey equivalent of y'all. I feel like you guys is like what we use say guys. here. You well, we don't I don't say you guys, but you guys is like it's like the jersey even with my friends sometimes I just go you guys. Like that's like our version of like y'all. Like I don't think that we have anything else, but I will say at work I've been saying folks. And that's like the non-binary version of, uh, of addressing people all. Yeah. Anyway, um, I do like sports. I just don't have that feeling of, um, I don't have, I don't have a passionate interest in any sports. Although like, you know, I will vibe off of my husband's anxiety and stuff and his excitement when he's watching like the Eagles. Um, That's exciting. Sort of mostly it's, um uh anxiety inducing but i don't i don't i just try to see the happiness from it
1: do do you get any pleasure from watching sports like the actual like game are you like hey, that's like a beautiful thing to witness
0: so l- when I go to see sports live, I get super into watching like whenever we've gone to see the Eagles. Like, I love watching live sports, being there in person. I feel like that is really, really fun. You get, like, really into the crowd. You get, like, hyped up and stuff. That stuff I love. And I, like I said, like, when I'm watching and I actually care about what I'm watching, I will even scream things like, oh, come on, or you're letting him go or something. (laughs) And it's like a natural, like, before it used to be like, let me just try to impress my cute boyfriend. And then now it's like. I genuinely care about that. I will say, like, remember a couple of years ago, this is like back when I think we were, I was like dating Fahad. It was the game with, um, against the Giants with the crazy return or whatever by what's his butt, by Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson.
1: Yeah. Deshaun yeah. Jackson.
0: Right. So, like, that game, I remember watching by myself at home because you guys weren't home and I was not married or anything. And Fahad was watching with his cousin who was a Giants fan. Mm-hmm. And I remember, being genuinely excited but again my excitement was not for the team itself my excitement was for this person that I care about and their excitement for their team so like I always say I'm an Eagles fan but I'm more of like an Eagles fan because I like the how happy they make my husband but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. care about them as a yeah, team
1: yeah no, that, that makes sense I mean it's you know if you are dedicated to a team if you support a team uh, obviously your enjoyment level, increases but that also means that your anxiety level increases right because it matters to you more
0: yeah it's like it's like if my husband goes to like his territorial caveman brain mine goes to like my natural woman like nurturing brain of like I would like this to go well so this person that I care about is happy because as a woman that's like the only thing I care about is like the well-being of the humans that I take care of
1: you're hey, you're worried about also the well-being of the general mood, I the think mood the of the
0: house. I mean, my God, the <laughs> huffs and the puffs. It's very weird. I mean, here we are in this end, almost end of December. We only yeah. had one bad game with the Eagles. I say we as if anybody's involved here. Yeah. But you know, I've I've had not I've not had to deal with any huffs and puffs because he's been so happy. So I yeah. guess that's why I root for them.
1: I, I, I have a question. I want-
0: yeah, Sorry. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Not,
1: uh, about this Eagles thing, right? Yeah. And we've been kind of mentioning it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you are an Eagles fan by proxy because of your husband.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, I, I root for the 49ers. And uh-huh. I think we've mentioned before that they're on a collision course. Yes. I'm just saying, it is, this isn't really a question. This isn't more just a point. Uh, like, your lack of support in supporting me has been noted. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs>
0: Why should I support you? Uh,
1: I don't know because you're my sibling, okay, you but jerk. here's the
0: thing. here's the thing if i if I don't support your stupid team, we're not gonna stop being siblings. We're Wait. tied by blood <laughs>
1: uh, first of all, we don't even know if this like relationship with your husband is gonna stick. like you could just be a guy.
0: yeah, but I could <laughs> number one, that's totally <laughs> possible. Marriage is not forever. As I've mentioned before, I love the idea of divorce, but I'm saying is that, you know, I am working on it. I'm not working on it, but when you work to stay with the person because you work to keep each other happy, you care about keeping that person happy. I don't need to make you happy. You're my brother, even if I don't make you happy. You don't have to make the lowest stakes relationship
1: with you. (laughs) You don't have to make me happy. But you said that, you know, you support the Eagles out of care for another person's well being. Right. Yeah. That's what you care about. What about my well-being? I yeah, have- You
0: don't care about the 49ers the way that this man cares for the Eagles. And you know that yeah, you because sometimes reveal right. don't you sometimes root for the Giants. OK,
1: <sighs> that that hasn't happened in the last 15 years because the Giants have won the Super Bowl. So I'm OK with that. I really want the 49ers to win. That's the team that I root for the hardest at the moment of all of the teams that I root for. Uh, so this one is important to me. Mm-hmm. But yes, I do agree. I don't I don't have the the same level of passion as your husband does because, you know, perspective. Come on. <laughs> yeah, be because you
0: actually cry about other things.
1: I do. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> he, he's just got his one thing. Um okay, speaking of sports, um, do you think that I wanted it cuz you mentioned a while ago that there was something happening with a women's soccer team? Um, the U.S. Uh, women's soccer team. Maybe it was a couple months ago, but I wanted to bring this up because, like, a lot of people are talking about like Messi and Ronaldo as like the greatest, you know, soccer players in the world and all this stuff. And I'm I'm sure they're amazing, right? But like, they were bringing up stats and they said like right now, when you look at the list of like the most international goals scored, women's soccer, especially U.S. women's soccer, are like pretty high up there in like in how and how well they do on a worldwide stage especially and like i do think that it's crazy because i don't know if i've ever really seen anybody get excited for women's especially u.s like especially soccer in the united states i know that like i care about it like whenever it's on but like i don't think that it's ever given as much love or care as like men's sports especially men's soccer
1: so there's a lot of stuff to discuss there right i think um in general the u s women's soccer team is far more celebrated than the u s men's soccer team
0: well they're sure. not that good
1: well so they're but that's that the thing right it's it's because okay like out of all of the uh out of all of the female sports i think i think in america Number one is probably soccer. Like when people think of like women's sports, number one, probably soccer, maybe tennis. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a couple of different things why you could point to why that is. Right. Uh, Yeah. the, The reason why Messi and Ronaldo are such a big story is because the level of interest around the world in soccer. Right. That's that's the reason why the world is doesn't have the same level of interest in women's soccer. It just doesn't. That's the reason why it doesn't come up. It, in the U.S., we probably talk way more about women's soccer than the rest yeah. of the world talks about women's soccer, Yeah. right? Um, I think the more interesting stuff is to think about, like, other sports, right? Other men's sports that aren't as famous. I think tennis is as famous for women as it is men, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably because mm-hmm. of Serena and, I don't know, Sharapova and all those things.
0: Martina but, Navratilova.
1: Yeah, that was 45 years ago.
0: You know that she's on a reality show right now, right? (laughs) Is she? Did you know this? Do you know that Martina is the first ever housewife's housewife? Oh, really? Because you know we have house husbands. Mm -hmm. There is a woman named Julia in uh, Houses of Miami, and Martina is married to her. And so Martina is the first ever um, housewife of a housewife.
1: That's interesting.
0: Is it real? You seem fully uninterested, but that's fine. Well, I anyway,
1: I'm I'm not interested in the housewives. I think that's that's me. <laughs> you issue. people I'm very are very inter- upset.
0: People are are requesting that you start watching the shows and talking about them with me because they want to hear more about your opinions. For some reason, no,
1: no, I okay. have, I, 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 I will be focusing my passions elsewhere for the moment, unless you tell me, unless you, you know, you actually want me to watch something.
0: All right, fine, fine, fine. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 Um, but yeah, but so about this women's thing, right?
0: About the women. What is
1: – about the women, about the females, right? So is your question, why isn't women's sports, why aren't they as more celebrated? Like what is what is the question? What is the – Well, the
0: question is like if you look up like greatest soccer players, if you look that up on Google, who are the greatest soccer players, only men's names come up, even though women are also extremely good at
1: soccer. Of course. Yeah. So – but you do – so yeah, I, I don't want to be – a caveman about this.
0: Right? Oh, well.
1: So it sounds like it, you're about it, to be. No, no, because this is something that came up in tennis. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been coming up for like the last 15 years, basically. Because yeah. Serena Williams is easily the, the greatest. best- the greatest time. women's tennis player of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were like, well, we need to start having a conversation about just calling her the greatest tennis player of all time. Yes. Right. You can you can it, because it's just uh, a show of dominance. And then I think it was uh, John McEnroe mm-hmm. got in trouble because he's like, well, yeah, you know, she's the greatest women's tennis player. And they were like, well, why are you making that distinction? Because he's like, you know, if it comes down to it, a man can easily beat her because a man <gasps> is better. A professional male tennis player is better, is probably better than Serena Williams at tennis. That's not, you know, that's not sexist. That's not... Careful. No, I'm just saying, I mean, if you put two and two together, right? Well, I don't know, but
0: we can, we are saying that, but then do we even know that, right? Because she's like won the most grand slams ever. Exactly.
1: No, at the end of the, at the end of the day, that even having that question, like even like going down that road is stupid because the people that, that don't care about it the most are the actual players. The players don't give a shit about like putting them head to head. There's this guy named uh, Andy Murray. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Andy Murray. He was like, why why are we even having this discussion? Let's just, let's just, she's the greatest tennis player. She's, this is just a sport that you're looking at. So you can, and, and the thing is Serena Williams has the appropriate profile I think as an athlete, in terms of her celebrity, in terms of how well she's liked, in in terms of how she's looked at, um, just for the tennis player part of it. I think Serena Williams has to deal with a lot of bullshit racism um, just in general. But in terms of being a tennis player, I think she is properly rated by most people, right? Other female athletes aren't properly rated because there is a lack of interest Yeah, there isn't the same level of interest right now who do you blame for the interest like i'm a sports fan right do i follow women's sports with the same intensity that i follow men's sports with i don't right there are certain things that i care more about uh, that i don't care about as well much it's, it's
0: it comes sport. down to number one the patriarchy and number okay. two Which you can huff and puff about it, but it is a man's world. We live in a society that has been primarily dominated by men for a majority of its existence, okay? We've only really included women in these conversations in the last... If sports has been around for the last 100 years, we've included women in the conversation max for the last 40, right? Like maybe Mm -hmm. 50, I'll give it, right? So it's all and not just like in sports but just in the world in general in this in this in the world on a stage where decisions or conversations can happen about women including women so i do think that like the reason why there's a lack of interest is because actually it's new it's not new to me because i was born in a world where it existed but for a couple of generations before me it didn't exist so that's probably why um, i wanted to pivot over while speaking about women's sports I wanted to pivot over to the Brittany. Is her last name Griner? It is. Okay. Um, That situation, which happened like last week, I think, or the week before, two weeks ago. But, you know, she was released. Um, They were able to, the US was able to do a deal with Russia and, um, or the Soviets, whatever they're calling themselves these days, Putin. And... Uh, she was able to come home. And it's crazy because like a week before they were like, the U.S. isn't doing enough. And then as soon as she was released, immediately, immediately conservatives were like, that's fine that she was released. But we still have like marines that are stuck there and like all these other people who are stuck there who are still waiting to come home and we traded this terrorist for this russian terrorist for a wnba star and like the way that it was spoken about was like ridiculous so i wanted to get your thoughts on it because i'm sure everybody knows what my thoughts on it are
1: so i guess this is uh, what is your intro to Brittany grinder like is this the story that that, that I didn't
0: about. know about her until okay. she was arrested, right? I got to know a lot more about her uh, after she was wrong, like after she was imprisoned and stuck there uh-huh. and everything like that. Um, you know, what's super sad is the fact that like even her being over there was because she wasn't getting paid enough as a WNBA athlete because they're uh-huh. massively underpaid. Um, she wasn't getting paid enough, so she went to go play over there. And, and so, and then she got in trouble for having a little bit of pot on her and then she got stuck there. And like, what's, you know, really sad is the fact that like, now that she's been released, immediately people are like, what about the Marines and this and that? And I think the thing that like, I hear from that is that, I mean, I know this for sure in the United States, especially there is a massive, like, uh, like, um, what do you call that? Like, it's like military worship. Like we, they, there's a lot of, there's a, there's like a ranking of importance, right? And like soldiers, military personnel, people of that nature, cops, people like that are just viewed as more important than civilians so people are looking at the situation and being like oh there's a guy who was a marine and he was a or like somebody who worked for the cia and they're stuck there still and this wnba star got to come home and it's like well yeah civilians should be allowed to come home before somebody who's like potentially done some pretty bad things as a spy like you don't know what that person has done i'm not saying that one person deserves to come home more than the other but I'm saying that it's fine that this person gets to come home because she's a civilian and she was stuck there over something really, really minor. That person who's over there in the Marines has possibly got stuck there after doing something else that was much bigger um, against a government over there, right? Like this woman didn't do a crime against the government of Russia that she was like stuck there. Whereas a military personnel or somebody of that nature could have potentially done worse to to be stuck there and that is likely why they can't trade them for or come up with a deal or negotiation to get them back here and it's just like yeah go ahead
1: no so I mean there's a couple of different things there right I mean so I think what the other side would say is that well yeah no we understand that um, you know this spy or this military person um, he they uh they carry more like it's weird. I I I hate to say the word value, but in terms of US Russia relationships, right? Um holding a spy is worth more than holding a basketball player. I think that's Mm -hmm. the argument that they're making, right? Because a basketball player is just playing basketball. A spy actually has like intelligence or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I think the thing that The argument that they're making is, okay, if it was a basketball player for a basketball player trade, then we're okay with that. That, you know, you are releasing one of our basketball players and we'll release one of your basketball players. I think the argument is that this guy that the US released, this guy, Victor Belt, Mm -hmm. he's an arms dealer, right? Um, and, And what they're saying is, well, Victor Belt is this major terrorist and... If we if we're letting him go, we want something of equal value um, in terms of like military intelligence or whatever you want to say, you know, how, however you want to define that. And we didn't get an equal value. That's the argument. I think it's bullshit because realistically speaking, the negative impact of having Victor Bout. Being free, like you. So, if we're releasing Victor Bout now, that means that he is free to go back to Russia and to do do whatever. Yeah, and do whatever. Right. The negative impact of that isn't anywhere close to the unfairness of Brittany Griner being locked up. Yeah, that's unfortunately that's that's what you have to look at. Sure, it's not a military person, right? But okay, so I mean, at the end of the day, having her back is better for us as a nation, like for just in terms of humanity, like a person being locked up for pot is stupid. And you know that Russia made a bigger profile of her. You know that she was targeted because she is a famous American. So I knew of Brittany Griner back in like when she was in college, back in Mm -hmm. Baylor, Mm -hmm. because she was one of the, like the most dominant uh, uh, college basketball players of all time. And Mm -hmm. you kind of do follow I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I am an ally, so I watch <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, ladies?
0: The engines. When
1: you were re- engines, yes. Um, so, yeah, so I think I think that is the problem, right? And then I, I just want to hit on the other thing that you talked about. I mean, I, we were kind of talking about it, you know, the fact that she was overseas. And it doesn't make sense that somebody, a professional athlete in America would have to go play overseas to make money, right? So I want to come back to that. Mm-hmm. But the other thing uh, is the, is like the marijuana part, right? Mm-hmm. So she got caught with having like, uh, like, I think a vape, a
0: vape cartridge, yeah. yeah, a vape
1: cartridge. Right? It's not, it's obviously not something where she was like, you know, it's, it's only an amount that, that she would be able to use. It's not like she's yeah. selling it or anything yeah. like that. But I understand that Russia has laws or whatever. And so conservatives on the other side are also like, well, you know, she did break the law. No, oh, She God. broke the law and uh, you have to be respectful of other people's countries, which is bullshit, right? Because which is
0: bullshit because they also love soldiers and mm-hmm. military, which also regularly, quote unquote, break laws in other countries. But we're fine with that because it's war and that's okay. It's ridiculous. Exactly.
1: And, and then the thing is, I mean, the, the, you know, WNBA players aren't treated like other female athletes. Like I think yeah. and, you know, you and I know exactly yeah. how conservatives would have reacted if it was like a five foot seven blonde, you know, soccer player. That was stuck in a Russian in a Russian jail versus like this is not just
0: a it's a black woman. It's a queer black woman. Like there's so many things that make her not a valuable enough person in their eyes, which is so
1: fucked up. Like even and, you know, I think it goes even within like this was brought up. Do you know who Shakari Richardson is?
0: Yes. So
1: she's a track star. Yeah. Yeah. The track star. So she got suspended by the IOC for marijuana, yeah, right, and she couldn't compete in the Olympics last year, yeah. Um, and then last year, at the same time, there were these stories about Megan Rapino. Megan Rapino mm-hmm. is a soccer player. Right? Yeah, she's a, like she's a very famous soccer player, yeah. and she's a very famous, um, I'd say, social justice yeah, advocate.
0: Yeah,
1: and you know she's very good at like that. That's not to say that you know yeah. I don't want to. Be negative about Megan Rapinoe at all, but at the same time that Shikari Richardson got uh, banned from the Olympics, Megan Rapinoe was selling CBD, like it was. She has a CBD business basically, mm-hmm. and she was talking about the importance of using CBD for athletes, and she was basically selling it at the at the Olympics, right? Yeah. So there are these two um, set of rules for different people, and I think we do understand that. Um, and it's unfair and it's bullshit, but that's it's the like reason the same way, like
0: this yeah, the same way that we, uh, you know, female-based sports have less interest because we live in a world that is uh, made for men, um, and women are based still new to the world. Is that the same way that black women are treated unfairly in America and in the rest in the in the, in the world stage because um, uh, the white supremacy? <laughs> Would you get upset if?
1: Would yeah. you get upset if I pushed back on that at all?
0: No. I would get okay. upset. <laughs> you don't well, need to push I, back on it. It's going to make me angry.
1: I have a question. Oh I have God. a question, right? What? So there are, the, the WNBA has been around, I think, nearly 30 years. Now, yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's a very legitimate question, like, why don't WNBA players make enough money? Right? And the reason is because the WNBA itself doesn't make enough money. It
0: doesn't make that much money, yeah.
1: Now, who's to blame for that? Like the WNBA games are on TV, Mm -hmm. right? There are obviously basketball fans. There's a lot of basketball fans in the world. There's a lot of college basketball fans, a lot of professional basketball fans, a lot of female basketball fans. The fact that people aren't watching the WNBA, whose fault is that?
0: I don't think that it's one particular person's fault. I think, again, these are new things. I mean, WNBA has been around since I was like, since we moved here. So it's been almost six. Yeah. So it's been almost like it's 25 years now. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that there is like a particular group to blame, but I do think that the coverage and the hype and those types of things like I do play a lot of that into like how media sort of even um, hypes up certain things, right? Like the fact that we know about U.S. women's soccer is because they are really, really amazing and they are like the best in the world, right? Like they are always the best in the world. So and I feel they like
1: also, and they yeah. also uh, are, they also look very "quote unquote" marketable. They look marketable, people, yeah.
0: yes. I think that there is still uh, – even with Serena Williams, like, she is incredible. And like you mentioned before, she still has to deal with a lot of racist bullshit about her, right? Like, I think that there is – it's a mix of a couple of different things. Number one, WNBA is primarily black women, right? So black yep. and brown women. Um, A lot of them are black and brown queer women. And yep. I think that there is this – it's like we still live in a society where those things quote are not, quote, unquote, marketable enough. And it's really sad because to some degree, I want to say, well, if people just showed up, we wouldn't have this problem. But people we know, like especially with like social media and stuff is like people respond to algorithms and the algorithm responds to the people the same way media responds to the people and people respond to the media and what's available to us and what's presented to us and how it's marketed to us. Right. And and that's Mm -hmm. the truth of how we get things in front of our eyeballs on television or in on our computers or whatever. I think that there is still a lot more work that needs to be done in society to make us show up for black women for, to show up for brown women, to show up for queer women. Um, I don't think that we're there yet. And so I don't know who's to blame, but I think just society in general is still not um, giving flowers to certain groups. And that is especially not to black women and to black women.
1: I, I agree with that. Like, I think of myself as a sports fan, right. And I think of how I follow sports, Um, there, you know, there's a couple of different things that are kind of in that mix, right? One is this, whatever, this stupid caveman, um, you know, thing that I have about, like, connecting to a team and, like, rooting for a team. So, like, you know, following that is a lot of fun. Um, And then, you know, things like storylines are a lot of fun, right? Like Like the underdog story. Underdog story, rivalries, um like socioeconomic stuff sometimes like the one of the one of the biggest reasons why this world cup why this match that our brother was at yesterday is such a big deal is because of you know I, I'm just a cat I'm not even a like anywhere near a soccer fan or whatever, right? But because of like the Messi versus uh Ronaldo conversation that's been going around in like the last 15 years, right? It's mm-hmm. like who's the greatest. Just again, once it completely non-consequential right like yeah. that doesn't it doesn't but what it does is it it generates interest right yeah I think uh definitely the WNBA doesn't have that um and I think that you know it's not for lack of like impressive athletes you yeah. know who Maya Moore is I don't see and and this is the thing that is so you are <laughs> as <problem>. far as <laughs> So, like, as far as as far as people in my life that are kind of plugged in to like what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like the full scope, you're one of those people. Like, you know what's going on. You try to find out what's going on in the news. Yeah, try I to believe support... the term
0: is called woke. Uh,
1: well, it doesn't sound like it. you don't know who Maya Moore is. <laughs> um, and I I don't understand why Maya Moore is not a bigger deal. Maya Moore is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Like, Mm -hmm. hands down, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. She was a huge college basketball star. And then she came to the WNBA. And I think she won like three or four championships in like the span of like, eight or 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. Like she was so good that like, Barack Obama used to like, Because, you know, whenever a team wins, they go to the White House. Mm -hmm. So Barack Obama at one point was like, Maya Moore has been here so often that she has her own room in the White House. Like, she's always here, right? Maya Moore quit basketball because um, she was involved in helping free uh, a family friend from jail who had been wrongfully imprisoned for 23 years, right? And she was dedicated to that fight to the point where she quit in her prime. This is like 2020 Uh when it happened, right? Um, And then since then, she has been involved in that. Like, she could go back and she could play basketball if she wanted to. But she thinks that the work that she's doing is more important. Sure. I don't understand how Maya Moore isn't better known for prison reform than, like, fucking Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Right. Kim Kardashian is. So whose fault is that? Right it's not you know you are a woke person
0: apparently not you
1: apparently not but you know th- those are things that need to happen right that and i think that is a responsibility on both sides like that my amor is a type of person my amor should be on currency as far as i'm concerned you know, oh, the wow. queen is the queen is dead we're going to need some new notes the queen of england do you know
0: that the queen of england is not on our notes <laughs>
1: I know, not on our notes. I'm just saying there's a lot of new notes coming up that are gonna need to be refreshed. I think Maya Moore should be on them.
0: Her <laughs> 30 saying- for
1: 30. <laughs> yeah. There's a 30 for 30 uh mm-hmm. on Maya Moore, I think that came out last year. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and a half. It's amazing. I
0: think I'm gonna watch um, it.
1: I would you so- highly you know recommend what? I'm it. I'm
0: gonna watch it, and I hope everybody who's listening goes and watches it.
1: It's like it's like sad and it's infuriating, and she's just such a good person. I and you know what? This is probably wrong of me to make an assumption but i feel like a big part of my amor's life is uh dedicated to faith like she is very christian oh. um and i wonder if that is one of the reasons why she hasn't been given as much uh, why she has been amplified as much as i feel like she deserves to be.
0: You're saying the people who are saying "Happy Holidays" and removing Christ from Christmas are the reason why Maya Moore hasn't gotten her flowers. I'm not because saying she's too Christian. I,
1: I'm not saying. Well, I, I I I'm not saying that while I'm saying that, which is all fucked up. <laughs> but I I think I think for me it's more like I don't understand why anybody on either side would not root for Maya Moore. Like, yeah. She is as like her faith is as important to her as any of like the conservative people talking about their faith and how much they love their faith and all this other stuff. Well, conservatives also- care
0: about their faith in a very self, um, in selfish ways. It's their faith well, as long I, as it can push their agenda, right?
1: I, 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 I wouldn't... Um- I'm not saying like all that.
0: conservative people, but I'm saying like conservative yes. politicians I know. I, I, I agree with that. that way. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so they wouldn't even if you're as. I mean, it's like look at Warnock, right? Like mm-hmm. he's an entire reverend, an entire reverend, but to them, he's yeah. just he's still not Christian enough. For yeah, they voted for the
1: guy who was paying women for abortions
0: <laughs> and sending thank you cards.
1: <laughs> and sending okay, thank you guys.
0: I have to tell you something. Yeah. Um, in my, uh, in my effort to support all women, I did watch Don't Worry, Darling.
1: Oh God. See, I see. this is the problem. I'm telling you about Maya Moore and you are, you want to talk about fucking Don't Worry, no, Darling. No, listen,
0: and I a- told you, I'm going to watch her. I'm going to watch her 30 for 30, <laughs> but we need to move on to a new topic, okay? <laughs> and the topic that I want to uh, move on to is Don't Worry, Darling. I did watch it. I watched it with my husband. Um How was it? Hey, it's not terrible <laughs> <laughs> if someone was to ask your voice goes really hanging out, ah, this is not bad. um it's very um visually like really cool but i would say like after watching it after a while i was like you know this is as cool as like a music video like yeah. it's not um i can see why like Olivia Wilde, like, was really excited to direct it and stuff. And, like, it looks really interesting the way the shots are done, like, direct, like, cinematography-wise and stuff. It is really impressive. But it's, like, a good 40 minutes too long. It um, – there's so many plot holes, Raheel. There's so many plot holes. There's so many questions And like it is the best way to describe it is like it's a really sexy version of an M. Night Shyamalan movie that's not good.
1: I think I'd be annoyed watching that movie because just if I remember from the trailers or whatever, I kind of I kind of got where it was going. Um, And I think I would be annoyed by it if it's too on the nose. Is it too on the nose?
0: It's not really too on the nose. So. Basically, everything that's important is already in the trailer. So, you only need, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie, maybe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, entire, like, first half of the movie is just, like, like gorgeous flow pew, just being stunning, just, like, the, the visuals of everything. But there's a lot of stuff that happens that you're like, huh? Um, and that's about it. It's, uh... You want me to tell you spoil it for you?
1: I, let, let me. Can I? Can I try to spoil it for myself? Yeah. Can I take a guess? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of these. I, this is just what I got from the trailer. So it looks like it's like it starts off being set in like the fifties or sixties. Like or Smallville, some yeah. So small really, Smallville, not like um, Smallville. What
0: beautiful. was it? Pleasant Pleasantville.
1: Pleasantville. Yeah. Yeah, Pleasantville. Yeah, yeah. one of those things, and then. Uh, the women are leading what you would, what they have been told are perfect lives. Like they are subservient to their husbands yeah. and, you know, they need to be happy with that because a husband provides all this beautiful stuff and they have all these sparkly things and they can, yeah. they can just, uh, they should be happy with that. But Florence Pugh, I'm assuming, can't take that because she's a real woman and she uh-huh. wants to break out of. She wants mm-hmm. to break out of the patriarchy and it's suffocating her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she finds out that there's actually more than what meets the eye and the men are actually evil. And this is some sort of like, uh, like uh, experiment or something mm-hmm. like that, like some mm-hmm. sort of scientific thing, like mm-hmm. uh, the Truman Show or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she pushes up against it. And then the men convince all of the other women that Florence Pugh is insane and she's just mm-hmm. being a crazy woman. Mm-hmm. And they try to gaslight her, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the they try to in
0: gaslight her.
1: And then in the end, it turns out that she was right, and the men are actually trying to pull something. But she breaks away from the patriarchy, and she gets to be a full woman, like oh, like you know, like I don't know why the hell I said full woman, but you know, she gets to be a full person, a full person. Uh, with her own thoughts and desires and all this other stuff.
0: Yeah. So you're not wrong. Like this is that. But that's pretty much what you picked up from like the trailer too, right? That's all right. Yeah. Brielle. Okay. Spoiler alert for everybody. Just skip ahead. Like I'm going to say four minutes. Brielle. And on top of that, there is like an incel component and a virtual reality component. So there's Uh, like a uh, black mirror part of it. So basically uh, what ends up happening is that in reality, they're all in a simulation. Women are trapped in a simulation by incel men who have like um, trapped them in their homes and basically uh, hypnotized them into like a program that – uh, chris pine's character created and they pay every like they pay into it and so they get to like have like simulated sex and all these things with these women that they've trapped
1: and... uh, do the ins- do the incels look like incels or do they look like chris pine
0: no like, they look they- like incels in real oh. life they look like incels but in the simulation they look like sexy 50s guys
1: oh god yeah Are- aren't infl- you annoyed watching that were you had what was the viewing experience for you
0: Well, halfway through, we were like, wow, there's still an hour left. Um, And then at the end, I would say the end of the movie, I went, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Like, to me, I just said, "Okay, this is the Black Mirror episode. I feel like I've seen this before. Like, there's nothing there was nothing like exciting about it, I guess, um, besides the fact that Florence Pugh is extremely sexy.
1: And even that. right? So I think. From what I got from the theater was uh, from the theater, from the trailer was that, you know, they were going to be like, there was all these like beautiful visuals. Are they trying to make a statement about like how pretty everything looks, right? Like, you know, like the world is being marketed to you. So, you know, this like maybe going after these beautiful visuals isn't what you should be focusing on, right? Because that's like Instagram world, right? Like you are. everything. No,
0: there's none of that. no. There's just it's just it's just like a perfect world that's a man's world versus versus the reality of the world, which is like, you know, they think yeah, that sure. they think that if you present women with enough beautiful things that it'll distract them from the actual reality of the world, because mm-hmm. they think that like if you have everything that, you know, that your husband has worked hard to give you that you shouldn't want more, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But there's like but- a whole bunch of stuff that went nowhere. It's real. It's not a great movie. <laughs> eight minutes standing ovation for that eight minutes
1: yeah those are those are fake those standing ovations happen for everything sonic the hedgehog probably got it 50 a minute
0: Uh, as it should it's an excellent movie um okay i want to wrap up with talking about season two of the sopranos like i said i've been watching every a season a week a season a week and oh! I I love this show so much. And I told you this over text. I am extremely sad watching it, knowing that James Gandolfini is no longer with us.
1: Yeah, it is very sad. First of mm-hmm. all, I think every time we're going to talk about The Sopranos, just so you know, yep. I'm going to yell at you. I'm okay. going to be infuriated with you. I'm okay. going to be sarcastic with you. That's Because me. that is what I you deserve. deserve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, it's very sad. I think... Um, he's my favorite. Tony is my favorite character of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, and James Gandolfini as the actor in that is my favorite also. Um, is that what you feel about it? I have I have a bunch of questions about how you feel yeah. about Tony and all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do feel that same way. I think it, he's an amazing character. Like initially, when I started watching it, I was like, "This accent is ridiculous. I can't deal with how corny these people are." Like Steve Van Sand's wig is like a comical, right? Like all that stuff. But then you keep watching it, and you're like, "Like I think what is wild about Anthony Soprano is that he, like, without question." The Sopranos and their gang are bad people. Okay, these are bad people. Casually yes. killing people left and right, doing all mm-hmm. si- sorts of crime, right? Uh, using the most vulnerable, trapping people into financial situations, blackmailing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like the worst stuff, right? Money laundering, racketeering, all the goods. But what I love about... <laughs> the show is that i'm watching it's like game of thrones i'm like i'm watching it and i'm like you are a bad person and i am actively rooting for you to continue to not get caught and do your yeah. crimes and that yeah. is fucked up
1: <laughs> so you know i you know there's a lot of things uh, it, it, the sopranos to me was probably the first one i think um
0: mm-hmm.
1: where there's been like a anti-hero thing right so it's like don yeah. draper is also an anti-hero he's a bad guy but you like yeah. rooting for the bad guy um for tony soprano you know, I'm always rooting for him. I'm always rooting for him to get away. Like I want him out of like the, cl- like, I never want him to, you know, be arrested or indicted or, or, you know, kind of pay for his mob crimes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that's crazy because in real life, of course I wouldn't be, that's not what I would want. I would want um, for somebody like that to get in trouble. Right. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is interesting. I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about Tony as a person and his relationship with other people? Um, Tony as a person, I guess my question to you would be, huh, so your husband is about as far from Tony Soprano <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. In real life. Like, yeah. But when you are watching those Tony and Carmela scenes, uh-huh. are you still connecting your husband to Tony Soprano. Like, are you like, uh, no, this is, this is, this is the same bullshit my husband pulls.
0: Yeah. So obviously my husband does not have a gumar. He is not (laughs) committing crimes. Right. But yes, there's so many things that happened between Carmela and Tony where, like, you know, she does these things, she does these things and she's having like these like very passive aggressive moments with her husband where she's like, whatever, like, uh, you want me to fix you a sandwich? Like, I'll take out food for you. And she just kind of like throws it in front of him and like walks away. And I think what she's waiting for in those moments is for Tony to be like, thank you. I appreciate it. Or all the things she's doing for her kids and all that (laughs) stuff. Like at the end of season two, she tells Tony, I'm going to roam with my girlfriend for two weeks. And you just have to drive the kids around to like doctor's appointments for a couple of weeks. And he's like, what am I going (laughs) to tell people? And she's like, figure it the fuck out, man. Like, She's, she's doing all the things that, like, a nurturing wife, traditional wife does, right? She also, what I love about Carmella is she doesn't not give him shit. She gives him shit all the fucking time. Like, she is always fucking annoyed at him for good reason because she's like, obviously, I know he cheats on me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I know he's, like, doing terrible things. But I am still going to fulfill my role in my mind of what it takes to be a wife because I never want him to throw it back in my face and say, well, you're not doing your part as a wife. Like I right. love Carmela because she's doing the thing that I do sometimes where when I, this is so psychotic, I make, I'll i get into a fight with my husband and then I'll make him his favorite fucking meal and then I won't smile about it. Like I'll make it for him and then I'll just walk away and like this motherfucker pissed me off and I still fed him his favorite fucking meal and I can't wait to throw it in his face later. Like- because I want I wanted to I wanna be able to say, you pissed me off, but I still did my part as a wife for you. And you need to say sorry to me. And you need to be especially sorry because I did something really fucking nice for you, you son of a bitch. Right? I would never say yeah. that
1: to my husband. I love him. But, but that's the intention behind that, it. No, that's
0: and, like, I, and that that I, is that that's why I love Carmela. Like I love her so much. She's by the way, a bad person. Like at some point. I think in season two, um, uh, Pussy's wife, Big Pussy's wife wants to divorce him and Carmela convinces her not to because she's like, you know, the church and the sanctity of marriage and you're not going to leave him. Like, I'm like, Carmella, you're not a good guy. You're not an ally. You are not a feminist. But I understand that woman completely.
1: Yeah, that's it. A, a reason why it's the greatest show of all time. I mean, The other relationship uh, I
0: think is really interesting is Tony's relationship with his mother, which like expands more this season. But there's a scene when he's in therapy and and then he's even talking to his sister Janice about it later, which is that like our mother is incapable of being happy. Mm-hmm. She's incapable of being happy. She comes from like a world. She's she has a type of personality where she's incapable of feeling joy. And our dad, all he felt was joy so that is why we are the way we are and like it's so crazy because like you know i talk so much about therapy and here's this like extremely toxic man the worst kind of toxic masculinity but like you i love watching moments where he has these like breakthroughs where he's like huh Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) like i just love
1: it i think in general the 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 relationships that you remember the most from the show are Tony's relationships with the women, right? Obviously, yes, I think yeah. number one is Carmela, and then number two is close number two. It could be actually be, be 1A, 1B is Dr. Melfi. Yeah, um,
0: Dr. Melfi, who had a complete 180 this season, in that yeah. sense that she is now in therapy for Tony, <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, so I think what's implied is that she's been in therapy this entire time. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's it's so that relationship. Out of the two, which relationship do you like watching more? Like, which scenes do you like watching more? Which well, one are you I more love emotionally Carmella. invested
0: in? I yeah. love Carmela, and I like that Carmela is always in control, even when she's not in control. I love that about her.
1: I think yeah. So I mean, in terms of because I, I, sometimes I try to remember, like, did, was I rooting for? Tony and Dr. Melfi to hook up, and I no, wasn't because no, right? You never, you never want that. Do you want? This is season two, I think. Remember when he went away, or they weren't? He wasn't her patient anymore. Yeah, and then and he she, came back. She, she opened the thing for him. Yeah, there's this. I watched this scene all the time on YouTube because I'm a weirdo. Um, there's this. Uh, you know, he's like sitting there and he's talking about like he's kind of proud that she has welcomed him back. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not going to feel guilty about what I do for a living. And he talks about how he was outside of that brothel um, while Fur- Furio, or we should talk yeah. about Furio too. Oh, um, yeah. We, uh, you know, while he was inside and beating somebody up and she's like, how did that make you feel? And he goes, you know, I wish I was in there, yeah. um, you know, just to kind of be like, Oh, you know, this is who I am. I am as bad as you think. And she goes, you know, doing the beating or receiving the beating right which is just like this is like okay you can be a tough guy and all this other stuff but there's a reason why you're here you're here because you're not okay Yeah. I just, I love that so much.
0: I love, I love, uh, I love Jennifer Melfi because I love the joy that she feels in her face after like season one. She's very, she's very apprehensive and she's a little scared of him. Whereas this season, she is still scared of him. She's also, spoiler alert, an alcoholic. And she, but she gets so excited to see him because she like loves the fact that Tony is this extremely complicated, like puzzle that she can't. Uh, she can't wait to psychoanalyze him. And I love mm-hmm. I love watching those scenes with her. Like there's, so it's Tony's relationship with Carmella, with Dr. Melfi, with his mother, with even with his daughter. Like he's right. a he's a soft like bear when it comes to Meadow. Yeah. Like he loves her and he's just like, and it's so crazy because in the flashbacks of what he, it was like for him growing up, one of the things he complained about was the fact that he often felt like his dad would prefer Janice over him when they were growing up. And then he's doing the exact same thing with Meadow and AJ with Anthony Jr. Yeah. And ah, I just love it. I love the show so much.
1: Um, I was sad. What's your fa- yeah? Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was ahead.
0: sad to say, see pussy go.
1: No, were you? I wasn't. I was looking at it from the mob, you know, like rooting for the mobster, Tony Soprano. I was like, oh, pussy's got to go. Because no, that, of course. Is, from
0: that, no, I was sad because I was like, I know that that probably wasn't easy for Tony because that is his best friend, that is yeah. his childhood friend, and that's got to be really fucked up. Yeah,
1: that's the reason why. That's the reason why. It's the best okay. show in the well, world. What's
0: your next question?
1: <laughs> My question is, what is uh, your favorite um, Jersey location? Like, is is any has anything like has a Jerseyness of anything? um stood out to you so why reason why I wanted, yeah why i wanted to bring up Furio in a second okay.
0: okay so first of all uh livia soprano lives in west orange new jersey which is very exciting for me because that's where i live uh all of it is essex county which is really great but one episode where you find out like the guy the kids who shot the guys who shot uh christopher the one guy matt matthew um they find him in morristown in the house that George Washington slept in. And I was like, I know where that
1: is.
0: (laughs) It's like off the green.
1: It's right here.
0: Yeah, it's right here. So that was exciting. But I love watching the Jersey of it all. I do find that when I start watching The Sopranos and then I'm like yelling at my kids, I'm like, oh, my God, I sound just like them.
1: Yeah. Um, Furio, uh, the actor that plays him, I don't know his name. He used to, I don't know if he still does or if he doesn't, but he used to live in Morris County. Oh. Uh, while the show was being shot, so uh-huh. I'd see him all the time. Uh, he used to come to Staples, where I was working, um, all the time. And fun fact, the last time that I saw him was the day of your wedding. Oh, your what? wedding! Night.
0: What? So I was there the night before.
1: You were there the night before, yes.
0: Yeah, that's so exciting. We were
1: at At the diner, we go to this diner. Uh-huh. after the weddings, and Furio yeah. was there.
0: <gasps> Furio was there at the diner? Yeah,
1: he's always there. He's always around. I think I saw him at a 7-Eleven once. I think he may have been buying condoms. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> um,
0: good for him. Practice safe sex. Yeah. That's good. Um. Wow. Okay, because I, I mean, I don't know. I was watching him. And I was like, where have I seen this man before? And obviously, it's not that I've seen him around Morristown. It's just I'm sure I've seen him as an extra on like Law & Order or something. But yeah, yeah, I love I love Furio. Yep. Yeah. I love the show. I can't wait to watch season three. We'll watch the whole thing in a week.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just so good. It's good. I also just a side note, Steve Van Zandt is still a comical character. Yeah, I, his funny. his facial his facial expressions, like when Tony's like giving him orders and stuff, he's got this facial expression where I'm like you are chewing the scenery, sir. Like you yeah, are. Just- it's
1: all so funny, it's but so- the funny parts are so funny. Like Uncle Junior is hilarious. He's a hilarious, like sexist, problematic person, but he's so funny. Like when he was getting like fitted for that sleep apnea mask or whatever, and he's yeah, flirting and he's, like, with Yeah, he was hitting on the woman.
0: girl. Yeah. Yes,
1: it was yeah. charming though, right? Like you liked it. It was a funny scene.
0: No, it was terrible because then, like, there's an older woman who used was who to be married to somebody that he yeah. knew before and like this woman that used to like be around town or whatever like he <laughs> he's like he's annoyed that she keeps visiting and because she talks too much. But then when he's talking to the guy who works with him all the time, who Tony calls the Bacala, he. Yeah,
1: Bobby B. Bobby B Bob... also used to come to Saples, by the way.
0: <laughs> Bobby he B. He's up. talking to Bobby B. He's like, that woman had the nicest ass, like the greatest <laughs> ass. Like he's so sexist. <laughs> There's a scene in season one where he goes to a funeral and he's standing over the dead body and he goes, she gave me my first hand job, like at so and so. And he's like, why am I saying this in front of this dead body? Body. like I I love I love him I love him so yeah much.
1: that's the thing I just, of course it's wrong but it's also hilarious and it is kind of weirdly old man charming or whatever
0: I mean it's not charming it's terrible still but it is I you were hilarious.
1: saying it's I agree it's terrible but it's not like if you were in that house, you would just leave the house because you heard Junior Soprano talk that way. You say, "Oh, fucking Junior, you can't talk that way," but you still yeah. want to be in his company.
0: <laughs> He's the worst. He's so bad. No, He's work. so bad. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, we'll, we'll be back later this week with Potomac and uh, Family Karma and The Crown and all of those things. And then I think we're going to take a break next week for uh, Christmas. To put the Christ back watch, into Christmas.
1: Watch the Maya Moore documentary, Yes, please. watch Trust the Maya Moore 50 for, 50 for 50.
0: 50 for 50? 30 for
1: 30. Jesus I don't know why. You know, the women's sports aren't, uh, aren't popular because of the patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs>